this episode, I sit down with Lindsay Vance from Art Testimony. We talk a bit about her history on how she came into the art therapy field. And we also talk about how creativity is helping herself and able to help others during these times at home, as well as when we get back into our daily lives. So I hope y'all enjoy. I would like to introduce Lindsay Vance to the podcast. Lindsay, go ahead and uh, tell people who you are, kind of what you do, and a bit about yourself. All right. Well, thank you for having me, Michael, and everybody else. Uh, it's it's good to be here. I've been, you know, working with y'all for a minute, so it's just great to, to be able to show up on the podcast. A little bit about me. Well, my name is Lindsay Vance. I um, often go by Art Testimony, um, and I am a woman of many trades and hats and all of the other things you could probably think to call it. Um, I, I really do fulfill a lot of different roles. Right now, I am currently working three jobs from home while maintaining family and trying to keep my sanity along with everybody else. Uh, one of the the big things about me is that I'm an art therapist, and that's probably why you bring me to the show today. And most people have no clue what art therapy is, but I'm sure we'll dig into that and figure out what that really means for everybody. Uh, I'm also an educator. Um, I teach at Bowie State University, uh, and I teach an expressive therapies class right now. Also, I'm an art administrator. And again, that's one of those things you're like, well, what does that really mean? I manage the visual arts department for DC public schools right now. Um, my background, I went to school at University of Maryland, go Terps, um, for art and psychology. I got dual bachelor's degrees in that. And I went and got my master's from George Washington University in art therapy. Um, other things about me, I'm from Beloit, Wisconsin. I'm excited to share my little hometown with everybody in the world. It's so small that no one ever knows what it is, but I, um, I'm really proud of where I'm from and, and the, the person it turned me into and made me to be. So I got a rep for little old B town and, uh, you know, and I am an artist. I, I think that is one of the things that has shaped all of the different work that I do is that my art and my creativity shows up in all all the different aspects of my life. So, um, and I'm sensitive about my, I mean, you know, just a <laughs> nod to E because mm -hmm. that battle in verses was awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Yes, you do a lot. We, we've known <laughs> that. We, I've known you for a while. Uh, Blue introduced me to you, um, and yeah, and to be busy doing all of that plus raise your family, uh, big shout outs. Big ups <laughs> I left that. out all of all of the businesses I didn't start it, but we did there. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, that's another episode right there. You know, she, she has so many talents. She's like, you know, we're gonna split it up. You know, can't give them everything all at once. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So yeah, so you know. Your main, your main focus is related to arts, fine arts, creating art, and art therapy. Like you said, that is something most people, when they hear art therapy, they don't know what that is. So can you delve a bit into what is art therapy? You know, you have a lot of education behind that, and, you know, the majority of your work is related to it. But can you give us, like, kind of an explanation of what it is and what does it entail? 
Absolutely. So, um, again, art therapy is one of those fields that has been around for a very long time and many people still don't have a clue what it is. So I, I ex- excited about the chance to be able to share, uh, with your listeners and anybody else who wants to listen about what art therapy is. It's part of another role that I play is actually just telling people what it is. Uh, so to, to break it down in like the simplest of terms, it is a mental health profession that uses the creative process of art making, Uh, to improve and work with uh, individuals who are having physical, mental, and emotional uh, concerns, and they really want to work that out. And I use art just like a talk therapist. I'm also a licensed professional counselor. Um, And so I use art in my art therapy sessions to help folks get what's on the inside out, essentially. Um, It is a profession that's rooted in psychotherapy. So there are many different forms of it, uh, depending on the theories that folks go about using. Uh, And it's based on this belief that the creative process involved in the self-expression helps people to resolve the conflicts and problems um, and manage behavior and stress and all of the things um, in order to kind of achieve some sort of insight and and make themselves better. Uh, So that is it in a nutshell. I could probably go on for hours, but I won't give you all all of that. That's very, that's very interesting. How did you get into it? So <laughs> I mean, you went, you got the education and everything, but like before, even before getting the higher education, how did you decide, you know, this is kind of what I wanted to do or, or was it that you had a different kind of thought of direction you wanted to go to? Mm-hmm. And then you, you experienced something of that nature related to art therapy and you went into it. So I thought I was going to be in the WNBA. I was probably going to be the first woman in the NBA. That was my dream as a, a little girl. Um, basketball was my life and, um, I got injured. So, you know, things change. Uh, but in eighth grade, I, uh, had a career class and it was a terrible class actually. Um, but one day we did a, like Myers-Briggs tests and these like career testing things. And the top three professions that I got based on my personality and all of those things that I would be good at was a psychologist, an artist, or a clown. Um, I had decided that clown wasn't the thing that fit me. Um, My mom had dressed me up as a clown for a couple Halloweens because my nose would turn red when it got cold and she thought it was funny. I was completely (laughs) against the idea of being a clown. The circus circus clowns in Vegas scared me when I was five. So, you know, I was like, well, psychologist, I could help people. I like helping people. Um, but I really do like art. But at that time I wasn't using art in a therapeutic way. I was just, using my hands and had I known better I probably would have been an engineer but nobody told me um and so I started yahooing because we did not have google back then um psychologist and art together just to see what came up and this profession of art therapist came up and I was like wow I've never heard of that and hadn't heard of it anyone in my school hadn't heard of it I talked to my counselor they hadn't heard of it so I couldn't even really connect with any art therapist at that time um but I always kept it in the back of my mind that hey this might be a cool profession to go into one day um and while I was in high school I got interested in doing more art for my own personal self-care my mother passed away when I was uh in the end of seventh grade and I, I literally was on my own. I had gone away for high school and I was just kind of looking for some sort of healing that nobody really offered me. 
and I just started creating. I started painting, um, drawing. I was keeping journals and sketchbooks. Um, and prior to that, when my mom had been in the hospital so frequently, I would do art with um, patients in the hospital and decorate the nurses' station. So I really realized the joy that brought uh, that was brought to me through art, as well as to the folks that I was kind of working with. So I was like, well, yeah, this could be a viable profession. So I started researching it and realized that the only way you could do it at that time was to go get a graduate degree in art therapy. Now, this is a, a, a kid who came from a very rural town that is... Um, didn't have any money, literally zero dollars in my pocket, trying to figure out how I'm going to college. And now my basketball hopes and dreams and aspirations, which was supposed to be my ticket to college, have like dwindled by the wayside. So um, I was just like, well, how am I supposed to go to college and how am I going to ever pay for grad school? Like that wasn't even a thought of mine at that time to figure out how to do that. Um, but I did persevere and try to figure it out and figured it out. I mean, I will be paying these people unless we can get these these senators on board with some of these stimulus pack, packages to reduce some of this debt, you know, for the rest of my life for it. But it was definitely an investment worth making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always it's always that balance of, you know, do you want to take on that that debt or you know, do you see it as an investment or you see it as debt? And as for you, you see it as an investment for improvement of your life. And I think just seeing from everything that you do, it does it, it's a great investment. Absolutely. <laughs> because yeah, you never know, you never know how things change. And that's a very interesting story um how, you know, you went from one direction to another. Um the clown direction was a very interesting direction. But, <laughs> I'm um, glad I didn't take that route. Yeah, you know, good. That's that's a good change right there. <laughs> but that was very also another interesting thing is that when you took that career test um that it gave you the artist and the therapist option as well. And you were able to basically combine those two and then at the same time, give back to, to people. Uh, so you graduated, you got your degree, you start working in it. Um, I guess from there, how, how did you, I guess you realize, okay, so you got your education, you, you went through all that. Now, how do you put the art therapist into work? How are you able to help, um, people with your education through art therapy? Uh, Again, a great question. I think we, coming out of school, it's one of the hardest things is that art therapists can work in so many variety of different settings. Uh, And my focus was uh, working with community. I think one of the, the biggest things that we don't often talk about is the stigma of mental health in the African American community, especially, but in communities of color. Um, and oftentimes what happens is folks don't seek out the treatment that they need because there is this negative connotation with taking care of your mental health. And a lot of the work that I was doing, um, particularly in my internships before graduating, was geared around this idea of working in community-based settings and using a trauma-informed approach where a lot of the clients that I was serving had Uh, various trauma issues stemming from their childhood and a lot of their mental health was a direct effect of that and so uh, I made it a mission of mine to make sure that the work that I'm doing no matter where I am that I'm always cognizant of the community and also making sure that I'm serving the people that I had set out to serve Uh, I think that mental health is accessible to so many Um, And so I didn't want to serve the people who were already kind of getting it. I was really looking to try to find alternative ways 
of healing, which is why art therapy appealed to me so much is because it wasn't this traditional sit on the couch and talk to somebody about your problems, but it was really using a creative process to kind of dig into what's really going on and really getting back to those trauma narratives and that beginning work of where did this all come from? And a lot of the work that I ended up doing uh, stems around cultural humility and really recognizing that there is a trauma history past uh, uh, that started before we were even born and realizing that there is a historical trauma that we haven't addressed as a country, as a nation, um, as a world. And I think we really want to, especially during this time of Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, start thinking about how we address some of the trauma. Uh, and so, again, at this time, like right now, it's crazy because who expected, you know, COVID to to be here and in this way? And it's impacted so many already and the mental health of so many already. And so one of the things that I always strive to do, no matter what agency I was working at, what in what field, um, even at my job currently as the administrator of the arts department, um, I'm constantly being aware and thinking about how do we really take care of the social and emotional needs of our, our young people. Um, and I've always been drawn to young people. I've always been drawn to working um, with teens and young adults. I think it's a very a pivotal and transformational time in our lives that people tend to forget about. Uh, there's not as many supports for teenagers and not as many supports for young adults who are transitioning between college and college years. And so uh, those are the populations that I, I choose to serve. But at this time, I really work with everybody um, in all ages and stages. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think the youth is probably the area that's hit the most, especially with everything that's happening these days, everything comes so fast. A lot yeah. of information, technology. You're required to be at a, you know, at a certain level. You're supposed to be doing X, Y, Z by this age. And I think the younger generation does feel that pressure, and because of that, they may, you know, they may not. They get, they may get overlooked, and they may not think about, you know, focusing on their own mental health. And you know, when you're an 18 year old, you're not really thinking about that. You're just thinking about the next thing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you say you work a lot with the with the younger generation. I know th many of the time that I've met you, it's either with um, different projects related to the youth, which is a great thing. And then you also brought up the COVID. What do you think the, I guess, the teenagers and I guess the young adults, especially now with the COVID being stuck at home, kind of in that in-between stage of not knowing what's going to happen, whether if they're going to college, how that's going to happen, or if they graduated college, how am I going to get into the field? You know, how are ways they are able to keep themselves, I don't want to say like same, but just keep themselves that level-headed throughout all this and kind of still keep themselves focused on their overall goal, um, utilizing maybe their creativity or something out of the norm of just how normal, regular people say, just sit down, read a book or right, you know, meditate right. and stuff like that. Absolutely. So I think the, the most interesting thing about this time, when I went to school, I actually went to school um, right when the recession was getting ready to hit and graduated in a recession. Um, and so all of the grants got taken away. Um, the economy was trash. Like things were just going down the toilet. And I was like, dang, this is like the worst time to go to school ever. Like, how am I supposed to go get this degree and then can't even find a job and, and all of those things. And I think we're heading in that direction again, where a lot of 
particularly the students I worked with at Bowie State were just feeling really uncertain and uneasy about um, many of them graduating, not knowing what the next steps are going to be. And I think right now the isolation and, and folks being literally by themselves in some cases and alone has really uh, provoked this real anxiety uh, that is not just like, what am I going to do next? But like, how am I going to get through this time? And so one of the things that um, I've kind of been recommending for teens is really getting creative. Like, I think creativity is the the way that we're going to see ourselves through this, Um, being innovative and finding new ways to actually um, not look at the future as the way we've always looked at it, but really looking at it as an opportunity to create something new and to design your own your own path. And I think one of the things that's going to help young people right now be really successful is reimagining what the world looks like um, outside of what it's, what the norm is and how we move that forward. I think we're going to have a new stream of jobs. Things that we had never seen before are going to be popular, particularly as we start to work around hybrid classes and more digital learning. And I think the young people we have right now are in the best position to really get those jobs because they're the ones who have been using digital um, age stuff since they've they've been conceived, essentially. Uh, they have a upper hand, if you will, in being able to navigate through these different times and figuring out, like, how do we best go forward? Um, so one of the things that I had recommended for, for teens was to start just creating flyers for jobs that you could do. Um, I was listening to a podcast. I don't even remember what one at this point, but someone will say, like, I need to be able to market my skills. Like, what do I know how to do if the apocalypse was coming? Like, this feels like, like, what what can I do to, like, trade for food or rations or however you want to look at it if we're in Fortnite or something? Like, what can you do? What can you offer? And then really getting creative about offering those services, right, at a distance, Um, And so I think if we can get young people to start to engage in their creative thinking and creative problem solving, we then become not only a better world, but we also give you jobs that you didn't know you could get. And I think that for particularly my college students who are really like, well, what do I do now? Like, there aren't any jobs. Like, no, get creative. Stop thinking about, well, I got this degree in this one thing. I have to do this one thing and figure out how you could do that thing through a different avenue or a road. Um, for my younger teens, a lot of the things that I've been really thinking about with them is just staying connected. Um, a lot of them are isolating more than usual, finding themselves just in their rooms more than usual. And, you know, teenagers are often just stuck in their rooms anyways. But now at a time where... We really do need to connect, finding um, ways to connect, whether it's doing TikTok videos or uh, following some specific hashtag where you are actually sharing things that you are creating. Um, That sense of pride and being able to connect with people in that way is the kind of thing that's going to help them get through some of the anxiety. Uh, And I think we, like, again, I know lots of people see COVID as this, like, oh, this is the worst 2020 ever. But coming into 2020 for me, I was like, wow, this is really the year of vision. Like it's 2020, Mm -hmm. like vision, like let's really focus on that. And in order to be able to see where we're going forward, I really think we needed to stop 
And none of us were really going to stop that way had we just kept doing things the way they had been done. So since this time where we've actually gotten time to slow down a little bit, I mean, I'm still moving at a lightning speed, but I'm not sitting in traffic anymore. And there's lots of things that that have shifted that kind of give me a, a time and a like awareness of like, wow, so this is what we could do next. This is what we could do next. This is how I should have been thinking about it before, but would have never thought about doing it that way because we didn't have to. You know, and so really taking this time to like be grateful for this time to slow down and really put in the place the plans that you're trying to try to execute um, instead of just jumping into stuff um, and sleep, man. Let me just for tell sure. you how much for my sure. teens don't sleep. <laughs> like, you know, the power of dreams and like like sleep is that time where you get those innovative ideas mm-hmm. and. You know, it's cool to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and write something down because that's like the best idea you're ever going to have. So I really want to encourage them to sleep and stop playing video games all night and just really <laughs> give your your mind a break and really let that creativity come in, in your sleep and then write it down. Like make sure you like draw it out, write it out, do something, journal some more, like really get those creative ideas down because you may not have the means to to make something happen right now, but I guarantee that that stuff that's coming as we are in this like uncertain time are like the keys to our future. And I need y'all to do it because mm-hmm. I, I want to be, you know, good. <laughs> is all I'm so, very true. Very yeah. true. No, that is, that is, uh, that is absolutely right. Um, you know, we, we spoke about this on previous episodes. It's the same thing about, you know, we all move at such a fast pace. You don't realize how fast you're moving, how much you're doing until you stop. You realize that, you know, you're here, you're there, you're doing this, you're doing that. Like you said, you're spending time in traffic and you you adding all that time up and you're like, that's a lot of time that I'm just either idle or I could be utilizing differently. And this time to slow down really has yeah. been beneficial for that to reevaluate, kind of see what what are ways that you can improve yourself uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of that you can do because of these times. And of course, you know, like you said, because it's uncertain times, people may feel certain stresses, but they had you have to always see the positive or try to see some of the light out of all of this. And that is that you have time to not reflect. Improve your creativity, improve yourself. And that's also very interesting how you say like the younger generation, I mean, they always have to think ahead. I know, and I'm guessing like you knew probably growing, when you graduated college, it's always that thought of like, all right, I got my degree. Next thing I got to do is I got to go to work. Like that's what it is. You know, you got bills, you got responsibilities, but this time may give them the opportunity, like you said, to just think differently, open open their... um, open their chances on different way, different methods, different things. And, you know, two, a year, two years, three years, whatever it may be when we're like, everything's back to somewhat of normal flow, different opportunities will open up. You know, Absolutely. And I mean, they can to... create the opportunities. And I think that's, oh, the, that's the, the, the best part about it is I'm thinking about like, how the landscape of retail is about to change, how we Mm -hmm. eat is about to change. Like this isn't Mm -hmm. going anywhere. So things have to change. And I think our young people are creative and they find creative solutions. And so giving them platforms and tools and things to do that, I think is our job of making sure that we are helping them to do that. But as we are still kind of distanced, I want to, I really want to, to encourage them to really start to brainstorm and really think about, well, what does a different world look like and how, they can be uh, instrumental in making sure that we have, 
you know, this new world that's thriving um, and that has them in it. I think we oftentimes forget about, again, that population. And I really want to be more, uh, more direct about including and making sure that there is representation from our young people um, in, in all the different facets. And also entrepreneurship. As an entrepreneur, I really think that, you know, the entrepreneurship field has has been blown wide open. There's so many opportunities right now to get training in that and mm-hmm. and to really, and like everything is online right now. So it th- lots of things are free that had normally had like huge costs to them. So there are mm-hmm. many advantages right now for young people to really take advantage of if they if they choose to. Um, and again, I think creativity is the key. Like if you are, are so used to doing something one way, you get stuck there. Uh, but being able to do something differently than you normally would have by just coming up with creative ideas, really doing some creative mapping of like, what, what are the possibilities and then how do we make it happen? Um, that's how, that's how entrepreneurs are born. That's what we do. We, we really try to solve problems and really put the problems out there and then come up with creative solutions. And I think our, our young people are, are poised to do that right now because, some of these older folks are tired. <laughs> like, let's that be real. True. Like, they're just tired, true. you know? And, and I think... So let, oh, go, no, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's all I got is that they're tired. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was going to say, like, just trying to keep up. I think at, at a certain point, you know, things change. It happens with every generation where the younger generation, because they have so much more knowledge, they understand everything that is happening. And with change... You know, sometimes the older generation, they got they get to a level where not saying that they don't want to change, but they may see it as all right, you know. We get complacent. This, yeah, like, we get complacent and we get comfortable. And and in that that's why I actually really love this period, because it's uncomfortable. So it's forcing us to do something different. But once you get comfortable, it's hard to be creative still. Ah, yeah. You know, and you start to lose that, that drive and like I'm nowhere near as creative as I used to be, and I hate that I'm not, but I'm just not. Like I, you know, cause things come naturally and I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, okay, cool. But back in the day, like I used to come up with the most like crazy <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, but that stuff was genius, and now other people done patented it, and I was like, dang, I missed <laughs> out, right? But, but those are things, you know, as you as you get older, you start to lose some of that creativity, and so trying to find ways to get back to that, that's one of the things that I'm working on right now, is still just trying to find my own creative like mm-hmm. push again. Um, and I think right now, when it's really cool because we have like all the museums have all these virtual tours and all of the like Broadway is doing and PBS and everybody is putting out like all of these musicals. And so like, like partaking in art is one of the things that really like used to motivate me and like send my imagination soaring. So I'm excited that I have like access to some of that stuff that I couldn't necessarily Mm -hmm. afford before. Um, And so, you know, even with our young people, they can take advantage of, just all of the stuff that's out there right now and just and, and pour into themselves as much as possible so that on the other side of this, they're just pouring out new ideas. I think, I think we're going to be better off. Yeah. So then, you know, the expressing their creativity at home, like we spoke about just how important that is, but in a, into, in regards to, you know, getting them better or ready for once all this has ended, you know, when we get back to a, some type of normal flow, but like during these times, especially if they're home, they they're around their families twenty four seven. As we all know, we love our family, but sometimes we're like, all right, oh, I yeah. can't deal with y'all right now. 
you know, using creativity, how, you know, how can they use creativity to like still con- keep themselves connected with family? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. So I'm actually working right now on a webinar. Um, we have at, at DC Public Schools what's called Parent University, and now we're kind of shifting towards families. And so I'm, I'm working with that family engagement team on a webinar to engage teens, especially uh, with their families. And so one of the projects that we have is called Everyday DC. And Everyday DC is a photograph or a photography and like visual journaling or journalism project based on Everyday Africa, which is uh, an Instagram feed that was started by some photojournalists who uh, wanted to represent underrepresented stories through the Pulitzer Center. And the the great thing about this is that it's going to give students a chance to really work with their families on documenting what's happening right now in this time. So typically, Everyday DC, we do it with our middle schoolers, and it's around this idea of what is your Everyday DC? Because when you Google DC, the images that come up aren't necessarily the images that people relate to DC. So right now, um, I think it's a great time to start documenting um, what's going on in our world and in our lives and making sure that we have a historical account. But I really don't want the teens and young people to get left out. So I'm like, I need y'all to tell your stories. And the best way for them to engage with their families, I think right now, is to tell their story. And whether you do that through photography, whether you write it out, whether if you just sit in the kitchen coming up with new meals with your family and cooking together, whatever you could do that's creative to kind of start to tell your story and record it in some way. Maybe you start a podcast. Maybe you um, are you know creating videos or what have you? I've seen lots of folks on TikTok doing family videos, um, getting old folks to do dances that they shouldn't be doing. You know, but it's 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 less about the dance and more about the time that they're spending with their family. And I think the more our young people can get their families engaged in things that they're interested in, the easier this time will be for them. Um, you know, and you gotta be willing to do some of the stuff your parents want you to do too. You know, that's the hard part of life. Of course, yeah. I have a teenager yeah. and a toddler, and both of them <laughs> don't want to do anything I've asked them to do, but they always want me to do something for them. So <laughs> we gotta we gotta be reciprocal in this, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and that's a great way to also learn from your from your family, learn absolutely from your, the older generation because just how they're learning from from the younger generation like simple things like the dances and all that it's not like you said it's not just the dancing they're doing it because of you know it's expression so yep. they're able to express themselves so the older generation understands that and then from you know the younger can learn from the older in the sense of you know how far do you express yourself kind of how do you you know what are the things that you have to take care within yourself when when you become older because you know you can have your fun but there's also responsibilities so uh-huh. It's always that back and forth, which I think these times is the perfect time to really learn all that from from one another. Yeah. So, you know, we've we've gone through everything in regards to art therapy. What do you do? um, How it's being utilized in these current times? And, you know, most important thing is focusing on the youth. But I wanted to ask you and we asked um, all our guests this question is, you know, what does the word community mean? mean to you community community is one of those words that it's very difficult to define because it should be Mm all-encompassing and 
for me, it is it it's a pillar. It's a pillar by I, I which I like to live my life. Um, I, I like to be in community, and I think community looks different for everybody. Um, but I think the more that we can expand community, so there's this innermost community. You know, maybe it's just your family, maybe it's your neighborhood, maybe it's your town, maybe it's your your area. You know, or there's also this this broader community, um, your community of artists, your community of what have you. And so for me, it really is finding commonality and cultivating something to strengthen it, um, whatever that is. And so, again, the communities that I prefer to work with or I really like to work with um, are usually, again, young people and um uh, particularly those who are interested in the arts uh, or using the arts as a way to kind of, as a catalyst really to, to propel themselves forward. I think for me, I'm always looking to make sure that we can increase access and equity amongst, uh, you know, black and brown people, especially uh, just because I recognize how difficult it was for me and how difficult it is for so many others to just get to basic places right and particularly right now like mm-hmm. i think it's like black rock and brown people are really just trying to have a sense of community because our lives are completely at risk just walking down the street at this point and so um really surrounding yourself with people with like minds and like beliefs who are really trying to push each other forward um and progress in whatever it means that you're gonna do uh, and so again, it's it's just a, a strong part of how I live my life. Um, no matter what community I'm in or what community I'm a part of, like really showing up and trying to push it forward is kind of my goal. That's great. Yeah, there's never a wrong answer with that because you know everyone takes it in differently. But no, that that is that is a great a great answer to that. You know, we've gone through everything. Uh, now, basically, you know, where can everybody find what you're doing? Where can everybody, you know, see, keep an update on, like, the 101 things that you're part <laughs> of <laughs> so they can, you know, uh, follow up with you and everything? Absolutely. So my my website is myarttestimony.com. <clears throat> it is not updated. I'm working on that. But as you see, <laughs> I'm doing so many things. I realize that uh, I don't need to do it all by myself. So I'm at the point mm-hmm. where I'm like, I need to just recruit somebody else to really work on those things for me but um my art testimony art testimony is spelled with one t so it's a r t e s t i m o n y um as i as i increase my you know support systems i will hopefully have uh, a better website that features more of my current artwork but right now at least you can get to me on there you can contact me on there um, I have information about art therapy. I have information about my art. The only thing that I don't have on there that I probably should is the jewelry that I make. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Art Testimony. Um, again, it's one T A R T E S T I M O N Y. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, I have a business page at Art Testimony. Uh, and as you know, with Blue, I, I run Artistic Alchemy. So you can find us there for our artist retreats and and more of those things we're really working to try to to get out into the community more with that um and so be on the lookout for some new new things coming from us hopefully soon on on my or on artistic alchemy so it's artistic alchemy oasis 
Um, you can find us on the web. And I mean, literally, I'm in DC, so I'm around. People, people are always asking me for workshops and things. You can find me in lots of different places. I don't always know where I'm going to be, quite honestly. So mm-hmm. uh, just hit me up, and, and we'll we'll talk. Awesome. Like like we said before, a woman of many trades and in, in about everything and everything. And that's awesome. Always got to keep yourself busy. Always got to keep yourself active because never wrong, anything wrong with that. So once again, Lizzie, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for giving us all this helpful insight. Um, yeah. Any last words for our audience? I mean, thank you for having me. If folks are interested in more learning more about art therapy, please do reach out um, or anything for that matter. I love having conversations with folks and really connecting again with community. Um, thank you for the work that y'all are doing. You know, I think what you guys do is awesome. And I'm really excited that you are getting the word out about the small folks who are doing things in community. I think oftentimes those stories don't get told and storytelling for me is probably one of the best connections I think we have. So thank y'all for, for the work you're doing and having me out. Thanks again for Lindsay for coming on to the podcast. And again, thank y'all for listening. Remember, leave y'all feedback on this episode or any other episodes on our social media at Source of Zeal. Also, shoot us an email, podcast at sourceofzeal.com. Also, don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review this episode and the podcast. So everyone, until next time, peace.